have speak through us. All of the things that you do to preserve our life and bring us wholeness, soundness, and happiness and peace. That's what we need today, Lord, and we thank you for giving it freely to us. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Amen. So today I thought we'd uh, talk about the fact that if you agree with heaven, you will be healed. Amen. So agree with heaven and receive your healing or be healed. <clears throat> God's will is that we would... um have life down here on earth just like it is in heaven. That's his will for us. And I think if if we could apply our faith and our attention to that, then we'll begin to expect good things. You know, instead of looking at your circumstances and wondering when they're going to change, if they're going to change, I think it's good to just remember, God, your will is to bring heaven down here on earth. And and so I'm expecting that, amen, because that's your will. Uh, it's our will, too, when we agree with God. But the first thing we have to understand is that that purpose started with God, that we would have it that way. So in Luke chapter 11, if you'll turn there, and in verse 2, I think this is what we know as the Lord's Prayer. In verse 1, it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he stopped, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Amen. So here you have, a, a, <laughs> I call it a, a left-handed request, but God honors it anyway. You know, disciples are jealous of God's, of uh, John's disciples, it seems. Or there's some kind of little competition going in on there. You know, like some people do. If you have people in different churches, maybe they might go to a conference and visit something different. And they'll come back and tell the pastor about, why don't we do it here like they do it so and so. You understand what I'm saying? And so people are just like that. They're always um, judging, comparing, all of that. But Jesus saw the... the, the um, uh, opportunity here because they were curious and he said to them he said verse 2 when you pray say our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done as in heaven so on earth give us daily our daily bread Forgive us our sins. We also forgive everyone that sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. And so what he was demonstrating here is how to begin and address your prayer. You notice he starts out by addressing who that prayer is going to. And that's the Father who's in heaven. You don't just, once you belong to God, you don't just scream out, uh, or not continually, I put it that way, maybe sometimes in an emergency you will, but you need to address your prayer where you want it to go. You want it to go to your heavenly father, not your earthly father, your heavenly father. And But it also begins with worship. Amen? And And I think sometimes people forget that aspect of it to lift him up because that is the proper way to address him. Amen. Uh, 
just, you know, remembering his holiness, remembering and, and addressing him as the one who is worthy of your worship and worthy of your praise. Amen. And, and it opens the door to God's heart to you legally. So you're not just taken for granted that he hears you and that he's pleased with you. And, you know, a lot of things we tend to sometimes skip over. Now, I'm all in favor. We're keeping constant contact with God and, and, you know, in your mind, meditating with him and honoring him and thanking him. Always keep living contact with the living God. But we're talking about the prescribed way to address God. And that is always through a worshipful entrance, uh, respectful of who he is, his holiness, uh, and your sinfulness naturally. You understand what I'm saying? And, and asking forgiveness, that's always in there. Amen? And forgiving others. So there's no other way to pray except this pattern. You skip any of the steps, you skip your prayer. You understand what I'm saying? Why are people always want shortcuts to everything? This I don't understand. You know, we'll, we'll make a big deal out of everybody but God sometimes. And He's the big deal. Amen. So, so always keep this as a pattern in your mind, you know, going before God and acknowledging that you're wrongdoing. And, and even if you haven't done wrong that you can think of, you know there's something in there lurking somewhere. <laughs> Some wrong attitude, some this, some that. You know, that's, that's disrespecting the blood, really, because you're trying to exonerate yourself and you're downplaying the impact of the blood to get you access to the throne room of God. So, you know, people don't really understand how some of these little sloppy habits that we cultivate can keep us in a, a little bit of distance from God and not having the kind of honesty that we need to have before him. Amen. The Bible says everything's naked and open before his eyes anyway. He just wants us to acknowledge these things so we can live a better life. Amen. It's it's all being done for us. And he says, <clears throat> let it be on earth as it is in heaven. And this is key because it, we need to understand what, what heaven consists of amen heaven consists of nothing except the will of god and so if you want your life to be as heaven on earth you have to accept god's will for your life amen and deuteronomy eleven twenty one. um let me just turn there we can turn there quickly i think we'll show you some of god's um desire for us is always been there Amen. It's always been his desire to bring heaven down here on earth. Once we were disconnected from God, that became his purpose and his quest was to reconnect us with our rightful inheritance, which is the life that he has in heaven. Amen. And bring it down here to earth, not wait until we die and go to heaven, but to bring it down here on earth as we have faith to have it released in our lives. So it says here, um, let me think. God is speaking here about the promised land that he's bringing Israel into. And it was always his purpose um, that that 
they would come into this land. In verse 12, he, uh, um, nah, 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 nah. verse 10, for the land where you're going to possess is not like the land of Egypt. In other words, quit trying to get your carnal needs met because you're not in that land anymore. This is different. And so what God was doing there was cutting them off from the desires of Egypt. How? By giving them something much better. Giving them something much better. And he says the land where you're going to possess is not like Egypt where you came out from. Where you sowed seed and you watered it. You know, they're, they're, they had um, uh, crops and gardens in Egypt, but you had to, to really work to get that water to it. Uh, they had sometimes, um, there was a treadmill that a man had to walk on that uh, pumped water continually to irrigate. I mean, the Egyptians were very smart people. And they were um, innovators in technology. And, you know, people are still baffled how they built the pyramids. You understand what I'm saying? What kind of machinery? They must have had some kind of machinery or something to get them that high. And so uh, this is something that that the uh, Hebrew people were familiar with. There was technology, but it took the sweat of the brow. Amen. So God wants to break that curse. Whenever he gives you anything, there's a curse that's broken that's going to make your life easier when you walk into it. It's never harder. It's always easier. Amen. And he says, where you came out, you sowed seed and you had to water it with your foot, which means that you walked on a treadmill or they, some people said there was a foot pump, but I think that was more like a, uh, um, it took more manpower than that. You know, I mean, if there was a foot pump, it, the, the main source for the, the release of the water came from somewhere else, you know, more energy. So if you could imagine being at the gym 24-7 on that treadmill, that's what it was like. Somebody had to get up there and somebody had to walk and make sure that wheel turned and kept pumping that water out uh, to to the irrigation fields. He said, but this land that I'm going to give you is a land of hills and valleys that drinks water of the rain of heaven. So you might ask, well, who controls the rain? The rain? Duh. If God's giving it to you, and he's saying it's going to be watered by the rain from heaven, he must be inclined to supply it for you. In other words, God keeps pointing them back to him. I'm your source. I'm your supply. Whenever they would look to something that they could do completely on their own, God stopped them. He said, nope, you got to factor me into this. I'm the one. So part of their life was natural. Part was supernatural. Amen. You can go out and plant crops and you did that manually, but you also had the supernatural source and supply of the water. And he says, he says, the land which the Lord your God cares for, the eyes of the Lord your God are always, he said, I'm watching over this land for you. Amen. He says, from the beginning of the year, even to the end of the year. And it shall come to pass, if you'll hearken diligently to my commandments, how many times have we heard that, which I command you this day to do what? Love God with all your heart. 
I got to have your heart first. And serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Amen? That means think about me continually. That means never quit understanding and knowing that I'm with you. Don't drop me and run off and do something else. Always take me with you. Amen? Better yet, go with me. Amen? (laughs) He says that I will give you the rain and your land in due season. Due season. Anybody's looking for anything and think it's too late or taking too long just remember he promises due season amen due season so just keep thanking him father my due season is on the way i thank you for keeping up you know what season this is due in i thank you he says the first rain and the latter rain in other words it's gonna rain twice once for you get the 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 stuff in the ground and the other for it to mature and ripen for the harvest amen that you might gather in your corn, your wine, and your oil. In other words, a full crop, whatever you want. And I will send grass in your fields for your cattle. And you may eat and be full. So take heed to yourselves that you not be deceived. And turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. In other words, and think this came to you some other way besides by me. Amen. Don't ever make that mistake. Everything that's good and perfect in your life comes from God. If it's not good and perfect, he can remove it. He says, he says, the Lord, if you do that, the Lord's wrath will be kindled upon you and he'll shut up heaven and there'll be no rain and the land will not yield her fruit lest you perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord gives you. So God gave them a, a thermometer or barometer to gauge their relationship with him. If there was rain and crops and everybody was fed and full, they knew it was okay. Amen. If something happened to any of that, there was a problem. Amen. And God was willing to fix it. All they had to do was repent and come back to him. He says, and you shall teach them your children. Oh, I'm sorry. He says, um, therefore shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul, bind them with a sign upon your hand that they be, may be like bangs between your eyes or curls between your eyes. And you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit down in your house and when you walk. In other words, every situation between you and your children is a teaching opportunity. Amen. <clears throat> you don't have to have a special Bible study time. I mean, that's wonderful. If you can do it, do it, because that even adds to it. But take these opportunities to see God did that. See, God provided for that. God's going to do this for us. Let's pray. We're going to believe God for what you need. Amen. And you can't start too early. Amen. (laughs) It says, in speaking of them, when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, in other words, teach them my ways every in every situation and you shall write them upon the doorposts of your heart and upon your gates that your days may be multiplied the days of your children will be multiplied in the land which the lord swore to your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon earth your children are going to live a long life Amen. 
Don't teach your boys that the police are hunting them down. Ain't nobody hunting your kids down. Amen. Unless they're out there doing wrong. And you pray they get caught and caught quickly and repent. Amen. Because there's no point in filling your kids' minds with poison that they're being targeted, hunted. There's not even any statistics to to validate that. Amen. You got to watch your propaganda input and what you believe. You better believe pump the word of the Lord into your children. Amen. You're going to live a long time. Amen. That's God's promise. And start prophesying over them. Start speaking over them. Amen. Amen. And they, and your words will come to pass over their life. Amen. But if you put fear into them and in all of that, something that that's what the devil wants because he'll sure make it into an issue for him. Amen. He'll turn it and something will happen to cause that snare to, to spring on them. So allow yourself to give them God's word. You, you kids, you bet, y'all better obey God. You live long if you obey Him. Amen. And don't cross God up because it won't go well with you. But you are going to live long and have a good life. Amen. You will have a good life. Amen. So we want the days of heaven down here on earth. Amen. In Genesis 32:22, we see the story of Jacob who saw a ladder coming down from heaven and going back to earth. And that was his connection, his heavenly connection with God, so much so that he wrestled with an angel all night to get that blessing. He said, I want what I just saw. I saw packages coming down on a ladder from heaven down into my life, and I want that. And he meant it. And and we can thank him that we are recipients of that as well. That we have heaven down here on earth. So when we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, we are in agreement for heaven to come down to us. So when you pray, and you pray God's word, expect it to come to pass exactly like God says it. Because if you take away from it or you, your mind snap, well, I can't really, well, well, actually so and so will be good enough. And don't ever expect the good enough. Because if that's not what God's bringing to you, amen, he wants us to have what he, he says we're supposed to have for a reason, amen. We don't know all the reasons all the time, but it's up to us to expect it the just, just the way he says it. Amen. So we need to be in agreement for heaven to come down to us. This statement brings us into agreement with God's will. Not he agreeing with what we want, but we agree with his will. We must know the will of God. Amen. We must know the will of God because that's when your faith is activated. It is activated when the will of God is known and spoken. So we must therefore agree with God. Agreement must be on every single level, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. If, if you don't agree in all three, three quadrants, you're gonna, one is gonna rob from the other one. For instance, if you say you believe God and you refuse to move on it, your body's hindering your faith. Amen. You gotta all line up together and ask God, what do I do to show you I believe you? 
first thing you can do is is express it with your words. Thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. Amen. Thank you, Lord, I'm out of debt. Thank you, Lord, they're not banging down my door anymore. Thank you, Lord, my house is paid. Thank you, Lord. You see what I'm saying? So you agree with heaven down here on earth. You know what? Sometimes we need to get in the habit of thanking God for things. I believe that if you thank him that your car is paid every month you pay a note, pretty soon it'll be paid off. Uh, you get one of them notes in the mail. We we have, you know, a, a, a decided to cancel the rest of your debt on your car. You know, people do that all the time. Amen. Amen. A lot of times people, you know, people, business people wind up with surplus of funds. Then they decide to give them back to the customers as an incentive. You know what I'm saying? They like your business. They want your business back. And so if we'll be thankful, though, let God take care of the rest of it. Because there's a bonus in that for us if we will apply Thanksgiving. Same thing with your house note. Lord, I thank you that my house is paid off. Amen. I thank you it's paid off. And one day it will be paid off probably sooner than you could imagine it would be. Amen. Amen. A lot of times people, banks will notify you and say, we have a special um, uh, offer for you. We're offering the um, 15-year fix. You got a 30-year. We're giving you a 15, and your note will only go up $3 a month. Well, jump on it. See, jump on it. And allow yourself to prosper and let God prosper you. But it comes with thanksgiving. Amen. Being thankful for, for what you do every month. God gives you the ability to do it every month. And I thank you, God. My property is paid for. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so we 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 have to do these things. We definitely have to do these things. I know when, when uh, I moved back here to Ohio, uh, the interest rates had, had kind of gone up, come down. I don't know which position they were in, but uh, one of the banks said, you know, um, you know, it's a good time to, we could do, give you this mortgage or that mortgage. And the Lord had already told me, he said, don't take a mortgage out. Just pay for this house. You understand what I'm saying? Cause you're not always in a, in a position to do it. My husband had passed away. My income was 10% of what it was when he was alive. You know, people don't believe that when I say it, but it was, you know what I'm saying? And so I thought to myself, I said, well, what better time could they be than now? And see, I don't need a a mortgage payment. I don't need to add that sweat to my to my list. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, but there's nothing wrong with it if that's where you are. Don't get condemned. Get inspired. Amen. Because because God inspired me. Amen. He inspired me to get rid of that bad boy. Amen. And and I have not regretted it. Amen. I'm not looking forward to what, how many, you know, and it would be a whopper too if I took out a mortgage, even a 15 year. Who wants to look down the road to pay all of that? So I was always very thankful. I said, God, I thank you for putting me in a position to not have to, to uh, have a house note. You know what I'm saying? And so, so when you, you have opportunity to free yourself up, you got me and, and get yourself free. 
of encumbrances. Amen. Get yourself free of debt where you can. Allow yourself to walk in that freedom of being in a position to have more flexibility financially, uh, with your property, any other way you want it to be, you know, you're, you're freed up. Amen. So, and that's better than a mortgage because see if it's, it's, if I ever had an emergency and needed money, there's equity there, you know, that I can borrow against. I thank God I haven't needed it. Amen. And, and I've had everything I need. I don't think I've lacked anything, you know, that, that God wanted me to have. But but it comes with understanding how to obey the will of God, amen, how to, to look for opportunities to let God make improvements in your life, amen. It's always an improvement. I know many of you who are parents would love to be able to leave a debt-free property to your children and grandchildren, amen, you know, and, and, and leave some strict orders so they don't get to fighting over it and carrying on. But but that's easy to do, amen. But it's a good thing to be able to do that, you know. To, to the Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, so there should be enough for a couple generations there. When you that's God's plan for you, amen. So so understand His plan and stick with His plan, amen. So we must know the will of God; it must be expressed to us. And we must, therefore, agree with God, spirit, soul, and body. So let all of, and see, this is something, the part we forget is the action part. Amen. There, your faith will cause you to do something, either say something or act something out where, um, where it expresses that you believe God. That there must be an expression. Like when God says, you know, if you love me with all your heart, so what, what does that mean? How do you express your love for God? Well, you worship him, you give to him, you go to church, you serve, you do all of those things as expressions of your love for God. Amen. And, and don't shortchange on any of those. Keep all of those intact. Amen. And, and, and then when you do that, you've got a clear line of communication with God where you know you're being obedient and you can expect the top of the blessing. So you can expect top tier in the blessing category. Where if you're not doing what God's commanded you to do, all you're going to get is crumbs. You're going to be like the Syrophoenician woman. Well, the crumbs aren't set aside for us. They're set aside for the people that don't have a covenant. You got a covenant. So all you got to do is keep your end of it. And you sit that up at the table. You you come in there. You pimp on in there. I don't care if you're dressed or not dressed or whatever it is. And you say, well, Father, I thank you for this set table that you have for me. That I'm dining on angel food. Amen. I'm dining on the word supernaturally. And I have the best of the best of the best. Heaven has come down here on earth in my situation. Amen. And let heaven come down here on earth. Amen. You get the best spiritual food. The first thing you can get is peace of mind. You know, you're not worried about anything. You don't have anybody beating down your door looking for you. They're not looking for your kids. They're not looking for your car. They're not looking for anything you possess. That's your first thing is peace of mind. 
you're not looking for surplus anything to store anywhere. Amen. Even though we do it. <laughs> Every time I say that, I think about my cupboards. I couldn't jam another thing and nothing. Then I go blame it on the church. Well, you know, I got to keep food around for the saints. Huh? <laughs> but I'm working on it. Amen. I'm working on it. But, but it's, it's one of those things where, see, I don't, I don't want anything. It's not a lack for me. It's not a lack. And it's because God's taught me how to live in Psalm 23. As long as I follow him, I have no wants. I have no lack. I'm not hurting for anything. I'm not troubled about anything. Amen. Stuff runs across my mind, but I don't entertain it. There's stuff I'm still looking for God to to help me with and correct, but it's not a burden to me. And so I think that's the heaven on earth. Amen. That's the kingdom. It's righteousness, peace, and joy living with the Holy Spirit as, as your constant companion. And see, once you can live there, uh, it's hard to start sweating anything. You know, sweating if you're going to get this or if that's going to happen or what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there. It's hard for the enemy to pull you back. Once you've tasted of heaven down here on earth, you want to stay in that place. And so that's what God wants to do first and foremost. Amen. The rest of, of the things that you need or desire come out of your confidence in God's provision. You're not sweating, you know, I gotta have this and I got, oh, I got putting plaster and pictures up all over the. <laughs> you know how we did back in the, what, the nineties. Some of you weren't, aren't old enough to remember that, but we, the big faith teaching and everybody was believing for something they didn't really want. Huh? Help me out, y'all. Got a Mercedes on your refrigerator. You don't want the note. And you don't know how you're going to sleep at night if they, if they rolled it up into your, it's like, they, they were, I was, I was reading somewhere, a lot of the people say like on these game shows, like, um, uh, that win automobiles, couldn't even pay the tax on them. So they had to either let it go back, sell it, see if they could find a buyer for cheaply so they could get out from the burden of the tax. Amen. And so there are a lot of things that if we could get them, they would put a new crimp, I think, in your lifestyle. They come with sorrow. When they come from God, they come with no sorrow. You got me? He pays the tax man. Amen. You know, people that, you know, they had all kind of luxury cars. And now they want to go up a grade into a, a uh, one of them things, uh, um, Rolls Royce and Bentley and all that kind of stuff. Baby, if it comes with a note, forget about it. As the mafia says, amen. You're not going up in grade when you buy something on time. You know, come on now. We ain't stupid here. <laughs> And we ain't carnal either. You understand what I'm saying? You, you gotta stay with what, what's the desires of your heart that God put there. 
Amen. He has to put them there for us in order for to bring heaven down here on earth. You just bought brought uh, notes down here. Amen. You it's attached with some anchors and some weights. Amen. Now I'll get impressed when you can get it free and not have to mortgage your house and you know not have to take all your savings and all that kind of stuff to do it. You know, to me it doesn't make sense. You know, billionaires don't do that. And a lot of them don't pay cash for stuff either. A lot of them people, a lot of their stuff really is given to them. Just because, you know, somebody, somebody said, who was it? Oh, Aristotle Onassis. Remember him? Jackie O's husband back in the day. They say, um, American Express sent him one of those black cards, the first one, the first black cards they ever, they gave to him. They said he never paid a bill. And he would, he would charge millions on that card, never paid a bill. Why? Because of his name. His name got him stuff. They just want to be able to say that they gave him the first black. And then everybody, all of a sudden, all the millionaires start flocking to Amex to get their black card. Amen. And so when your name carries a certain amount of weight, you can get anything you want parked up in your garage. You can get anything you want. Huh? And unless God puts that weight on your name, you're going to be in debt for it. Amen. So let us not get, get screwed up here. You know, don't get it twisted where we at. Amen. Make sure that what you're believing God for is believable for you and measures up to God's standards. Amen. He don't want you going in debt just for a name and a brand. And for people to look at you and say, wow, look at what you got. Huh? Uh-oh. It's okay. It's okay. It'll keep you. It'll keep you. Amen. So we are to walk in God's righteousness. In order to be in agreement with him, we have to have his righteousness his faith, and his words. So that's what agreement is. Everything lines up with him. So we begin to affirm heaven's will with our own words when we speak God's word from the heart. So you got to believe. Let the words sink in. Meditate on it long enough to make it real to you so that it starts to click in that, that God is speaking to you. This is his will for you. He wants you to have this. He wants you to think this way. He wants you to believe this way. He wants you to speak this way. And so once you're lined up with God, then you can can bring heaven down here on earth with your faith, your actions, your confession, amen, your prayers, all of the things that, that you do that advance his kingdom begin to be a deposit in your heavenly bank account so that you can withdraw what you need when you need it. Amen. So in heaven, we're all healed. Amen. There's no sickness up there. So when you have sickness or symptoms in your body, your will is to bring heaven down here on earth to you. Amen. We have received the spirit of Christ. 
And we have to allow him to control our lives and order our steps. And our steps are guided by our words. When we start to speak words of health and healing, then our steps will be guided by what we say. Amen. Many times I'll I'll think about things that I would want to eat. And I said, oh, God, satisfy my mouth with things that are good for me. See, if you say just with good things, you think, mm, chocolate, mm, this, mm, that. Nothing wrong with chocolate now. I ain't, I ain't judging nobody. And I ain't condemning nobody either. Amen. But, but when you know it's not what you need to partake of right then or right there, you know, you gotta ask him to satisfy your mouth with a cat. Huh? Amen. <laughs> Something a little lesser scale. A dill pickle. Amen. I've tried to like them. I remember uh, there was a uh, an actress by the name of Bo Derek. She was in that movie. She is so thin. And somebody, they talked about her husband, the guy she was married. He was an older gentleman, in fact, much older than she was. And they said that, that she would walk around the house eating dill pickles. And if she tried to eat anything else, he'd take it out of her hand and tell her, said, huh? <laughs> yeah. I dislike dill pickles to this dud. But I tried to get with it when I saw, oh, I said, that's what her secret. Knowing I ain't hardly a 10 nowhere. I don't even wear a 10 shoe. Amen. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> but I was working on it, though, right? But, uh, you know, you do what you have to do. Your your words will guide your actions. And it's good to keep everything in line together so that you won't be deceiving yourself. You know, you can't you're not supposed to speak one way and do something else. You start lying to yourself, you start uh negating, you know, uh tampering with your will, you begin to pollute your will. Uh you know, and you begin to lie to yourself. And to other people. It's real easy to go down that slippery slope. So you want to be true to yourself. You want to speak words of wisdom and words that reflect your heart toward God that you're, you're on your way somewhere. You're, you're being guided by God. Amen. So we need to strengthen our resolve to have what we say. I will have health. I will have wholeness. I will have soundness. I will have health without pills. Amen. Uh, just always up your game a little bit. Let let your game always get improved upon. If you believe God's word leads us in a path of light and goodness, then you will want more light coming in on your situation. Amen. Mark eleven twenty three tells us, or 22 and 23, tells us to have faith in God. Amen. And, and he starts out by saying, whosoever shall say to this mountain, you know, that's, that's really where the, the change initiated, where Jesus cursed the fig tree. And I believe if you're going to walk in divine health, you need to curse illness over your life. You understand? Now I curse this high blood pressure. Now you gotta move and be cast in the sea. And God, I thank you that I'm healed. Amen. So speak against that thing that's threatening you. 
and then begin to speak what you want from God. Amen? Because I think many times we forget the total, you know, we pick things out of Scripture that we like, and I know many people have focused on the confession. Oh, you can see he said it more than he said it more times than he prayed or something. The saying is what gets it for you. Well, that may be true, but if you never stand up to the devil, you can say all you want to. It may not get there if he's blocking the door. See what I'm saying? See, a lot of times people are reluctant to take authority over the enemy. They want God to do everything for them. Keep praying, keep saying, God's going to do it. Well, you know, if you keep, if you never take authority over the enemy, I believe he still feeds your mind with fear about sickness. Because you've never stood against it. Amen. And so here you have this fear of sickness still looming over you while you're trying to confess the word. To get the word to to um, um, manifest in your life. And so I believe in doing the whole of the scripture. I was thinking about that the other day and I, I read it again. And, and the Lord said, he said, very few people will read that whole passage. Because it started when when they saw the results of him cursing that tree. And he said a lot of people don't curse the root of things and don't curse the illness when they pray. What they do is start confessing, expect me to do everything with their confession when they haven't taken authority over it and forbid it to come into your life. Amen? Because, you know, if you don't do that, the illness could still be working on you. Could be increasing, could be multiplying, because you never addressed it. Amen. You never told it to get out of your life. And so we have to be careful. Why don't we turn there real quick? Mark 11. Because this really was a whole conversation. And so it's best to to talk about things in the context of the conversation. Verse 20, in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Amen. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus said, first of all, have faith in God. In other words, put your faith in God because God has the power to kill and destroy. We don't. Amen. So he says, if you put your faith in God, he says, whoever, he says, truly, I say to you, whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart. So the faith of God causes you not to doubt in your heart that once you curse illness, it has no more room to grow. So once you understand that and you put your confidence and your faith in him, amen, well, every tree that the Father has not planted will be rooted up. So God didn't plant illness in you, amen. Either sin or something or something that you don't have any control over, an enemy hath done this, amen, amen. And so in the parable about the seed, when the man planted good seed and he saw weeds grow up, they looked and said, the, the, the vineyard you planted now has weeds. He said, an enemy did that. Yeah. 
He said, I didn't plant that on purpose. So that's us. We don't plant sickness on purpose. An enemy has done that. And all we need to do is that God didn't put it there, and so we can curse it, and it will wither away. Amen? So expect symptoms to wither away. Expect illness to wither away. Expect problems to wither away. Amen? Father, my life is blessed and I curse this sickness that's ravaging my body in the name of Jesus. An enemy planted this. has tried to invade my body, but I see it now and I curse it right now at the root in the name of Jesus. And I command you to wither away in Jesus' name. And he said, truly, I say to you, whosoever, I'm a whosoever. I don't know about you, but I fit the bill. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, you put your faith in God and then you say, amen. Don't act like the devil all scared of you and you all big and bad. You put your faith in God. He's scared of God. (laughs) He's scared of your righteousness. And he says, he says, have faith in God. Whosoever shall say to this mountain. Be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. So whatever you can say that you don't doubt, that's what you say. Amen. Well, whatever level you're able to say without doubting, that's what you say. If you think you're still doubting, stay in the word. Meditate some more until you can say without doubting. Amen. Yeah, I curse this sickness. This sickness is not. I don't care how big it is. I don't care they say it's uncurable. I curse it anyway in Jesus' name. Because you're speaking out of your righteousness. You're not speaking out of your flesh. You're not speaking on your behalf. You're speaking what God tells you, and your faith is in him. And God, I thank you that I'm healed by your son's stripes. And I thank you this disease withers away as of today. And it's still withering. It's not getting worse. It's getting better. I'm more healed today than I was yesterday. Amen. I'm not, I'm more free today than I was yesterday. And I thank you that it withers away as of today in Jesus name. And he says, be removed. Get out of my body. Cast it into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but you got to believe it's going to happen and it'll happen. Father, I thank you that today is the day my miracle happens. I thank you, Lord, that it's happening even now. I thank you, Lord, that thing is withering and health is taking over. Amen. I thank you that pills one day soon I won't have to take you anymore in Jesus' name. You understand me? So keep speaking. Keep talking. Amen. Keep saying. That's what you say. You talk to everything that has anything to do with your situation (laughs) to make it better. You talk it into better. Amen. And he says, when you stand praying, forgive. Amen. If you have anything, you won't get it without righteousness. Amen. You won't get it without imputed righteousness. And it's up to God to put that on us. You don't just go put it on yourself. I don't care how much you confess it. (laughs) It's something he puts on us. Once we meet his standards, he puts it on us. Amen. You want to wear it at all times. 
you need to get in the mirror sometimes after you've confessed your faults to God. Say, ooh, this looks good on me. I think I'm going to wear it all the time. I'm going to be a good girl today. I like the way this look on me. I even like the way I feel in it. This was tailor-made for me. Because it fits every situation I could ever get into. Amen. It'll get me out of every problem that would ever come up. Amen. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge the blood. Thank him for what he's done. Thank him for shedding his blood so that you could step into the throne room. Amen. Be grateful of everything. (laughs) Amen. That's what you're thankful for. Amen. Took all that old stuff you used to do. You don't even want to do it anymore. (laughs) Took the heart of flesh and stone and turned it to a heart of flesh. You actually love people. And you're not looking for them to do anything for you. You become a giver and not a taker. You're secure in God's love. You're not insecure in it. Amen. (laughs) You don't dwell on lack. You dwell on abundance. Amen. Of all things. Abundance of peace. Abundance of goodness. Abundance of the fruit of the spirit. That's where we live, folks. We live in that place when he imputes righteousness to us. It looks good on us. We wear it well. Amen? Yeah, it looks good on you. You don't have to be ashamed of thanking God for anything because that, that praise and that righteousness looks good on you. Tailor made to fit you in all situations. Amen? We're not ashamed to call him our Savior. Amen? And he's not ashamed of us. He loves us. He wants to show us off. But we got to be with him for us to show us off. Amen? Amen. (laughs) When we're walking in that righteous place, he wants to show us off, folks. He does. He shows us off. He'll say, go up to that person and talk to him. You think, but Lord, I don't even know that person. And then he'll just open the door anyway. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. He wants to show us all. Amen. But if we're hiding from him and, and, you know, not owning our faults and wanting to get away with something, he can't show us all. We hide ourselves. He wants to show us all. He wants to come to us by way of that shed blood. Amen. It's an awesome thing. Awesome thing. Cleanses you from all unrighteousness. You don't have to be ashamed of yourself anymore. Just go up to him and say, Lord, I thank you. Amen. I thank you. And let him bless us. He wants to bless us with even more. Amen. Even more. As good as where we are is, he has even more. Amen. Even more. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. Wonderful thing. Always be honest before him. Amen. Always. Always. 
Don't disrupt that, that relationship. Amen. Always do what's pleasing in his sight. And, and find out what he wants you to find out what pleases him. Amen. Amen. We all know how to do that. Most women, if, if some man gives you a compliment, you'll remember it and do that all the time. Need to do it with him. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, I had a few, few little favorite outfits my husband used to like, and then they started getting too tight. I said, oh man, I gotta go back to square one. Remember when I was a thin slip of a girl and this looked so good on me? <laughs> I always look at it this way. You just decide to trade up. To not look so much anymore, but the inner qualities. Whatever. You got to be able to make some biscuits, though. Don't be trying. You can't cook. Just you know, go on a diet so you can fit back in them clothes. But I'm always looking to trade up myself. But <laughs> but yeah, you want to. Walk consistently with the Lord so that heaven can reside down here on earth on your behalf and on the behalf of other people that you come into contact with. We can spread this heavenly stuff out, you know. We can let other people share in it where they'll rejoice in it with us. Amen. Where where God can get a clear path to the lives of other people around us, those in our midst, Amen. But but we got to wear it ourselves first. We got to be consistent with it, and then God knows He can trust you with His with His kingdom and with His glory. So we want God's will to be done in our lives. So we agree with Him all the way down the line, spirit, soul, mind, and body. Everything lined up with His word. Amen. So everything that pertains to the abundant life, in fact, the more abundant life, is what God has in store for us. Amen. What is ordained is not canceled by the darkness of this world. Amen. It's not canceled by the darkness of this world. We are the light of the world. Amen. So don't expect light to just be everywhere for you. Sometimes you're the only light there. That's why the Bible says cooperate with God so your light can shine. Amen. This isn't something we can just do. This is something we partake of. Amen. Jesus has the light. That's that I had loved that I found Psalm 18, I think verse 28. Lord, light my candle. Amen. Keep me lit. Amen. Light me up. Amen. And and keep me out of darkness. His will for your life is life and peace. Amen. Everything that pertains to the more abundant life is there for us. God has ordained. He has ordered only more abundant life for us. He is not involved in lack in any way. 
In other words, what he's saying to us is if you got lack, why don't you get what I've ordered for you? Why don't you accept my order for your life? Amen? Why don't you just ask me to help you to attain to what I've ordained for you? Not what you think you want, but what I've ordained. Now this takes trust. you got to trust that God is good. And whatever he's ordained for you is good as well. And it's good for you. And you're going to like it. Amen? In fact, you're going to love it. Amen? Just make up your mind. God, whatever you've ordered for me is good. Every good and perfect gift is from you. So that you can express your faith. You can release your faith over your life. You can trust your faith in God. You can trust God's word to come back and prosper in your life. You're not going to be shortchanged when you trust God. Amen? So many times we think that if we let God have his way in our lives, we're going to come up short and disappointed. Amen? That's why the the confession was people caught on so quickly. In fact, the people in the world use it as much, if not more, than we do. Oh, let's speak it into existence. You hear sinners saying that. Amen? When it was never true, even in the church. Before we can get it, it's got to exist already. Uh But see, people pick that up very quickly. Which really led them into what we now call the cancel culture. Where you can't say certain things or you lose your job. Amen. You get persecuted. So they think they have more power over their words than the church has over theirs. Amen. (laughs) But what God's ordered for you doesn't depend on what's going on in the world. It doesn't depend on the stock market. It doesn't depend on your job. It doesn't depend on the government. Amen. But rather what happens is the light that God shines through us pierces the darkness and allows heaven to take that ladder and bring it right down here to you as long as you believe. Amen. So if, if the, the darkness, um, if, if we agree with heaven, darkness must flee. It, heaven's light shows up and darkness scatters. It gets out of the way. It doesn't dominate anymore. So God desires to establish us in the life of his kingdom. So saying what God says about us is essential to that process. You must say what God says about you, about your family, about your job about your possessions, about everything. You must agree in your heart and in your mouth with what God says. And if you've got any doubt, you start feeding yourself on that word. You go away meditating that word and say, God, I don't know if I quite believe you're going to do all of this, but I'm going to hide it in my heart. I'm going to keep do like Mary did. Amen. She didn't go blabbing everything. But she meditated on it and hid it in her heart. Amen. So that in the right, so that word that God gave her fed her. It nourished her. 
it strengthened her spirit and it strengthened her resolve in God. And that's what we need. We need to do more inner speaking than outer. See, the woman with the issue of blood, she couldn't go around telling everybody she was going to touch Jesus. They locked her up. Huh? She had to say it within herself. As long as she convinced herself, it was a done deal. She didn't have to tell anybody else what God was going to do. Huh? Unless you're ready to fight the warfare. Because trust me, the minute you say it sometimes, your own words will start to sound hollow to you. You wonder, do I really believe this? I don't sound convincing to myself. Amen. Begin to meditate it. Hide it in your heart. Know what God's going to do for you. Amen. So he desires to establish us in the life of his kingdom. So saying what God says about us is essential to that process. If you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you will be what you say. Amen. You will be that thing. Amen. Say you're healthy. Say you're whole. Say you're prosperous. Say you're wealthy. Say you have an abundance of things. Say you have a good life. Say you have, you're happy. You're contented. All of those things. Just say it. Father, I thank you. I'm content. I thank you. I'm blessed. I thank you. I'm continually nourished by your word. So you have to continually say what God says. I think sometimes that's where we fall down. We don't see it when we think we should see it. And then it slips our mind for a little bit. It slips our mind. Then one day, we, oh, I haven't said my confession in a while. Well, you haven't thought about it either. You haven't meditated on it either. What else do you think about? Amen? Think about those things. Think about the good things. That's why God tells us to rehearse his word in our hearing. Say it to yourself. Amen? Isaiah 53, 5 tells us that by his stripes we were healed. That's in First Peter, actually. We are healed. Amen. So his stripes have been applied already. So we're healed. So he has taken the stripes in our place. We would have to be sick except for what he did. Amen. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When that sin is confessed and it's forgiven and he's removed it, Amen. And cleansed us. Cleansing is what removes sickness. Just think about it. Say he cleansed us of all unrighteousness. Sickness is unrighteous. Amen. Because it don't, it didn't come from God. It don't line up with his word. Amen. So if he cleanses us from all unrighteousness, then sickness is part of that cleansing. He's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. You get, in other words, you get a clean bill of health in the throne room. Amen. It doesn't start when the doctors tell you. You get a clean bill of health in the throne room. Amen. So this is heaven's language. It might sound a little strange to you when you look at symptoms and start 
thanking God that you are healed right now. But if you believe Mark 11, 20, 23, amen, you received it when you prayed. Amen. When you talk to God about your health or when you ask him, Father, just heal me from this. Amen. The doctors say I got so and so and such and such, but your word says that I'm healed. So I thank you, Lord, and I receive my healing right now in Jesus' name. Amen. See, that word is anointed all the time. Amen. It is because it's true and you have it. See, when you speak heaven's language, there's an anointing on it. There's power on it. And that power is there to drive symptoms out of your body every time you say it. It's driving them out more and more. Amen. So this is heaven's language that we speak. And don't care how it sounds. Amen. You don't censor God's word. It's his word, not yours. And we walk by faith and not by amen or sound. Or anything natural. Amen. Because the first thing your mind will want to say, well, that sounds funny when you say that because this is what is going on. Huh? I'm going to tell you something else is going on too, body. You being healed. Amen. Healing is going on. Amen. This what's going on. So you don't care how it sounds by earth standards. Amen. You care about how heaven is hearing you. Amen. And you need to let God see your faith continually. Amen. Don't worry about people or your brain, how it sounds. Uh-huh. What you're doing is you're bringing heaven down here with your words and with your faith. Huh? Just tell your symptoms, y'all got to move over because heaven is coming down. Amen. Health is coming. Health is coming down. It's coming down here to earth. Amen. Even while you're, you're, um, you're experiencing symptoms, you are affirming a state of divine health that must descend on top of your symptoms. Sometimes there's a little warfare. Sometimes your symptoms will want to kick up and fight back. Amen. But but God says he gives you a way of escape so you can bear it. So they're never too abundant for you. Just believe God for that. Amen. Don't Don't put yourself in a place where you think your symptoms are overwhelming. Because he says, I'll give you a way of escape so you can bear it. You can bear up under it. Amen? So if if your symptom is pain, he'll find you a position to situate yourself in where you're pain-free. So look for that way of escape. And start expecting the pain to leave permanently. Amen? you got to have that in your sights. Amen? Don't let your days be determined by your level of comfort. Amen. Your days are made to rejoice and be glad in. Father, I thank you. You made this day for me to rejoice and be glad in. And this is a pain-free day for me. Amen. This is a symptom-free day for me. Amen. I'm rejoicing in that this is a symptom-free day for me. And if I experience pain, give me a way of escaping it so that I can bear it. And I'm expecting the fullness of my healing 
any time. See, you can be healed at any time. Sometimes if you get at least five or six pain-free days strung together, you're on your way. And the devil knows this, and that's why he keeps trying to bring you back to looking at, is it gone yet? Where is it gone? Is it coming back? No, it's not coming back. Amen? So no pain, you go and you're not coming back. Amen? You go and you don't come back. You go and you're gone forever. Whatever God does, it's forever. Amen? So let your faith stay in that zone where the devil is on the run permanently. Amen? He is permanently on the run. So you must speak heaven's language in order to please God and get heaven's results. Amen? The Holy Spirit will help you. He'll remind you how to address these things. You're not in this alone. You're not trying to figure this out by yourself. He's there giving you the inside scoop all the time. He's giving you what to think. He's giving you what to say. He's giving you how to spend your time. He's giving you all of those things. Amen. So it's really not that hard to do when you think about it. Because all you got to do is get over there where the Holy Ghost is. He's your life coach. Amen. Or what, what is that what they call him people? Yeah, life coach. He's your eternal life coach. Amen. So he can help you and guide you and lead you into your health into your healing so learn how to depend on him more amen we all have to work on that you know because we get so accustomed to jumping up doing this and jumping up doing that you need to sit down and and find out if he wants you to jump today or not maybe he just wants you to sit amen be jumping up doing nothing amen (laughs) amen Sometimes we can, I remember when we first, um, and, and this is a Bible truth, where Jesus told the lepers, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, remember everybody's winting all of a sudden. Huh? We all was winting and we never got there. Remember? That's the truth, I'm telling you. <laughs> We just took off winting. We didn't take off in faith. We just took off winting. Amen. See, that winting will get into winting works after a while if you're not careful. Amen. Amen. And he said, go show. Go show. Go show yourself to the high priest that you believe him. Do enough to convince Jesus that you trust him and you believe him. Amen. Heal people. Get up and go about their daily routine as much as possible. But heal people often also rest a little bit if they need to. See, you can get the winting blues. You can keep winting and winting and winting and wear yourself out winting. See, it works under the anointing. Because those men were under the anointing. Under his word, he said, go show yourself to the priest. Most of them, they were all healed as they went. Amen. But if you find your winting gets you in a little bit of trouble, go back and sit down again. Amen. Go back and recharge yourself. Amen. It, which, which that means you went as far as you could get. 
on that amount of anointing that you have. Other than that, you're trying to wear yourself out. Amen. Sometimes people that, that have, um, uh, intolerance to some kind of exercise, like people that might have heart disease that, that they're recovering from, you know, will you get up and do the prescribed rehabilitation or exercise? God will cause it to supernaturally manifest in a way where you get more out of it, you'll start to accelerate faster than maybe they anticipated you would. But you don't go get back on that treadmill after you've been on there for the prescribed time. You don't get up there and try to wear yourself out thinking you're still winting. I'm going to take a little nap after I say that. I'll let you all see loud. Uh, see, that kind of stuff can easily get over into works if you're not careful. Amen? So so I had I was doing that. I had a, a pain in my hip that would come and go, come and go. And I found myself pressing myself to stand up longer, which was not God. I should have sat down so that I could rest it. You know, if it's a muscle that's strained, you rest it. You sit down for a bit, amen. And and you some you know sometimes you can be winting like crazy. You wear yourself out winting, and God doesn't want us to do that. I think it works best under an anointing to heal. And if if you can can uh, you know get that in your situation while you're doing it, that's the best time to do it. But absence of that real strong healing anointing. It can wear you out. Like when we pray for people and at the altar and so forth and so on, you know, I found that people do their best if they can, can exercise or stretch themselves or do something while that they're under that power. Once it's in them, it's in them. You understand? And it'll continue to work. And so you have to be careful to allow yourself time and space to let the anointing do the work for you. It's not so much your wenting activity, but it's the action of the anointing while you're exercising your faith to wind. You got me? And so it, it's just good to, to understand that. Sometimes while you're wenting, you'll, you'll think you're going backwards because you, you start to feel fatigued again or you start to feel stressed again or you start to feel something else again. And so just go back and say, Father, touch me again. Fill me up again. Give me your power. So that my winting works for me and not against me. Amen. And, and, and your, your goal is to get to your healing. That's what the winting's for, is to get to your healing. Amen. And don't go beyond where your faith is and the anointing is working for you. So, so understand that you are bringing heaven down here with your faith. Express your faith to God the way God says to express it. Amen. Through your words, through your heart believing. That's very important. Amen. Let that get in your heart. Let your, let yourself begin to meditate on it more. And then the Holy Spirit will instruct you what action to take today to express your faith in God. It can be a day by day thing. Today, Holy Spirit, I want to show God, I want to show God my faith. I want to show you my faith. So I'm trusting your word. I thank you that I'm healed. So how do I do my day today? Just to show you that I believe you. Amen. And let it be between you and the Lord. 
And that way it'll bless you, it'll be the right thing, and you'll get to your health destination on time. Intact, nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen? All right, why don't we quit? Amen. Well, Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the excellency in your word. We thank you, Lord, that faith is of itself an excellent thing. And, Lord, we love you and we bless you, we praise you, we honor you, because you have given us your faith. It is our rightful inheritance. It is what we need and what we use for everything that we want in life. So we bless you, Lord, and we thank you. In the name of Jesus, let's do our confession. I don't have Rhoda, and she don't have me. I can't get Rhoda, and she can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, that by the stripes of Jesus... We are healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God.